After growing up in the small South Australian country towns of Narracourt and Kybie Bolite, Lockie Newell has gone on to become one of the top footballers in the AFL. He made his mark with Fremantle and now the Brisbane Lions, where in 2019 he led his new club to the finals and finished equal third in the Brownlow medal. It's taken talent, drive, commitment and knowing his values for Lockie to rise to the heights he's reached. But as you'll find out in this podcast, a lot more goes on in the head of an elite athlete. Hey Mandy, how are you going? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, going well, thank you. That's good. So thanks so much for joining me today, Lockie. I know you've given up your time. Um, you said you were at a um, uh, players' leadership meeting. Was that via Zoom or was that via um, like in person? Uh, yeah, it was Zoom. Um, so we've been doing that for the last um, probably six weeks now, I think, um, once a week, just catching up via Zoom, so um, it's a handy little tool to have in, in these um, times. So, mm. Mm. How um, are you feeling? How are you feeling in these times lately? Uh, pretty good at the moment. Um, I've, I've had um, a few weeks back in Brisbane now and got into a, a pretty good routine. Um, was on the farm back in South Australia for um, a few weeks as well, so... Um, been able to keep pretty busy and my mind occupied and still doing a bit of training and, and whatnot. So um, I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. There's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel in terms of when we're going to come back and play. And um, I think hopefully in the next week or two, we'll be able to start training um, in groups of 10 um, for a couple of weeks and then move into sort of full team training um, after that and into games, hopefully um in in the next month or so so it's pretty mm-hmm. exciting now um it's been a long time sort of six seven weeks since round one which um, it sort of feels like a new season now but um looking forward to it mm-hmm. how did you feel when the season was first put on hold like what was your initial what thoughts went through your head when COVID hit and you're all of a sudden told that the season would be put on hold how did that actually hit you yeah, it was all pretty crazy. Obviously, we had um, a few pre-season games um, before round one and I think it was two weeks before we played Hawthorne at an empty MCG. We played Carlton at Icon Park and there was sort of 15,000, 20,000 there or something. Yeah. Um, and then two weeks later, you're playing in front of an empty MCG and then um, that day actually found out that the season was suspended so it all happened super quick um a range a range of emotions really I think at the start it's sort of like shock and you don't really think about the consequences and whatnot too much and um probably the next stage was thinking about myself and um I suppose it was a little bit of a selfish period for probably two weeks I reckon a week or two weeks where I sort of thought poor me and Felt like I'd improved during the pre-season a fair bit um, and I was ready to sort of go up another gear and felt really good about where my football was at. Um, and I think like we sort of go in that selfish headspace of poor me and once I got out of that, um, felt a lot better and started um, trying to help other people and speaking to other people about how they were feeling and trying to help other players through it. Um, and even family and friends as well, speaking mm-hmm. to them about what their situation was and you quickly realise that um, 
you're in a pretty good situation. I've still got a job, getting paid to sort of keep fit. Um, and then once you realise that, um, you sort of think, oh, it's not too bad. I've got it pretty good here. And you're able to get into a lot better headspace and start thinking about how you can help others and um, continue to move forward with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, can you hear me okay, your end? Yeah. Yeah, there's just a bit of interference this end. But, um, yeah, just tell me, um, did you did you feel scared at all during that time? Um, I wasn't too bad. I probably um, wasn't really thinking about things health-wise um, mm-hmm. as much. I was probably more concerned about um, financial situation. I've got three mortgages I need to pay off and... Um, I was more concerned about that aspect of it rather than the health um, side of it. Um, I wouldn't say I was scared. I know Jules at times was um, a little bit worried about it, but um, so I was sort of understanding it, trying to get a bit of a grasp on what the consequences would be if if you were to contract the virus and stuff and um, just Mm -hmm. trying to make her feel a little bit better about it, I suppose. But um, Mm -hmm. now I felt reasonably safe so um never really too worried about about that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's good and did you enjoy your um family time home at the farm yeah i loved it it was great to get back i hadn't been back in a couple of years i think um so it was good to spend a bit of quality time with mum and, and the kids and brett um don't get to do it very often for that sort of um period of time so um, it was great to get back for a few weeks. Enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did speak to mum and she mentioned that you played a heap of board games and you're either out kicking the footy or playing basketball or always doing doing something with the kids and, um, yeah, good good, fa- good quality time. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, obviously being away since I was sort of 14 really, um, I don't reckon I would have spent three weeks with with those guys, um, maybe in an off season when I was 18 or 19, but, um, even then I don't think it would have been for that length of time. So, um, that was great. Uh, the kids obviously are growing up pretty quick. Um, so it was good to be able to spend a bit of time with them. Um, obviously Will and Soph were back from, um, boarding school as well for that time. So, um, yeah, it was pretty special and there was a lot of cards and board games and whatnot getting played. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, beautiful. Um, on that note, just um, I guess it would have brought back a few memories of your country footy days, being being at home and spe- especially being on the farm at Kyvey with the club just down the road. Um, what can you tell us about what it was like for you transitioning? Um, I know it was a long transition over a period of years, but how did it feel as a country kid sort of transitioning through all the way up to where you are now what did you learn from that um yeah it was a pretty um big move I suppose when I was 14 moving to boarding school in Adelaide um I probably always felt that I wanted to go to the city um so I was really excited at that time um probably the biggest thing that I've learned from growing up is how important family and um, mates mates are and um, I probably didn't realise that early on and I would have been a bit selfish and worrying about myself and my footy and whatnot but I think over the last 
few years I've definitely matured and um, taken a lot more time out of out of my life to um, interact with um, not only family but my friends that I grew up with in Narracourt and um, I've got quite a few that I'm really close with still and um, mm-hmm. speak to pretty regularly so um, that's pretty special um, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the great things about life is um, especially in the country as well you make really really um, important and great connections with um, kids your age and um, footy is a part of that as well but um, a lot of it was through primary school um, and my couple of years at, at Narracourt High as well and um, I think the support that they've given me throughout my career uh, is really special and um, moving to Adelaide at such a young age, I think it's pretty pretty special that guys like um, Ollie and Louis Tanner um, mm-hmm. are still keeping contact with Sam Oliver. Um, I think, yeah, I left pretty early um, in my life and to still have a really good connection with those guys is, is special. Mm. Um, and I mean, I, from my perspective, I think you've, and anyone that knows you locally, I think would agree that you've always been very grounded. And I think that's um, what, what everyone locally loves about you. Cause you've in that way, you've never really changed. Um, do you have any advice for anyone who um, is sort of thinking about doing something stepping out of their comfort zone and, you know, whether it be AFL or, or something more, um, but they're scared because they don't want to lose that connection with their, you know, their friends or their family. What what would you suggest to them? Yeah, I think it's, um, it is always daunting and getting out of your comfort zone can be scary, but the more you do it, um, the more comfortable you become with being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're always able to, come back and, and visit those people and um, you find out as well how much you sort of um, mean to mean to those people as well because they're always um, checking in on you and um, getting in contact and um, even those guys that I mentioned have come over, they went over to Perth when I lived there. Um, Ollie's been over to Brizzy. Um, so it's, I think at, at the time it's always a little bit scary but um I think those connections actually get even stronger because you miss them. Um, you want to see them and the, the time that you spend with them um, is really quality time. So um, I wouldn't be afraid to do it, even though it can be scary at the start. But um, certainly I think I've got stronger connections with, with those guys and, and probably with my family as well than, than when I left. And that comes with age a bit as well. You appreciate what your family um, and your friends do for you a lot more when when you're a little bit more mature but um yeah I've certainly got stronger relationships with those guys now than when I did when I was um in Narracourt Mm -hmm. um what about mentors what do you believe um do you think mentors are important have they played a role in your life whether that be younger or or even now um what would you say on that yeah I think mentors is um it's it's a really important part of what I do um, and I probably didn't really take full advantage of it until maybe 2015, 16 um, mm-hmm. and my footy probably went to another level then as well. So um, early on you probably have mentors without realising it as well. Um, mm-hmm. So certainly 
um, my family, my mum, big mentor, and my dad as well, um, mm-hmm. and Brett um, taught me a lot of great things. And you probably don't really realise at the time, but they are mentors for you. Um, mm-hmm. And then since moving into the the footy path, um, had a lot of great coaches and whatnot um, that have helped me. But um, one that sticks out is is Tim Lawrence, who was he's my manager now, mm-hmm. um, and he was my coach for my draft year in under 18s and he's been a massive life mentor to me, not only on the field, but off the field. Um, and once again, I probably didn't really call him a mentor at the time, but he certainly was um, and, and mm-hmm. still is. And then I've probably got, I've probably got a few mentors now. Um, I've got a couple mm-hmm. um, that I won't really mention Um their names but I've got a couple of guys that have been to um the top of the AFL tree I suppose and um I'm learning off them a lot one was Greg um Greg Williams who he won a couple of Brownlows um mm-hmm. a very good player Diesel he's he's more commonly known as Diesel Williams so um mm-hmm. I had a fair bit to do with him and then he he started working with um Carlton so that um, I've still got a relationship with him, but he's probably um, not really allowed to help me as much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But I've got a couple of others that I've got with, with footy um, and then Chris Fagan as well. He's a massive mentor for me. He's um, mm-hmm. He's been a teacher and um, in the coaching side of the business for a long time. And that's something that I'll look to get into um, mm-hmm. post-football as well. So um, I spend a fair bit of time with him um, off the field and, um, he's been a great mentor for me as well. So there's certainly um, a lot of value in them. And um, if I mm. could tell myself to get a couple when I was um, sort of 17, 18, I definitely would have tried to pick that mm-hmm. up a little bit earlier and, and learn off as many people as I could um, a little bit younger. What do you think would have stopped you back at that age? Um, was it that you just didn't even realise that you needed them or they were of value or did you at that age think you knew more than what you knew what what would you what would have stopped you from having them back then yeah probably a combination of all of that Mm -hmm. I think um you probably think that you're tracking pretty well and your progress is good but it can be fast tracked even more by Mm -hmm. um getting a couple of people in your life that can really help you and care and want to see you succeed so um Mm. certainly certainly that part of it but also not really knowing um and probably also a little bit scared I suppose to reach out to people that you think are, are better than you as well I think um, people that have been successful you I think I was probably a bit nervous to try and reach out to them and um, but now you realize a lot of those people want to help you um, mm-hmm. so it was probably just having the um, courage to give someone like Diesel Williams a call and ask for help as well so um Mm-hmm. that can take a little bit of time as well but um, the sooner that you can build up that courage the better because it certainly helped my footy and um, someone that made me realise um, that it's okay to do that was Brett Kirk who was a midfield coach at, at Frio um, I think he started maybe in 2014 mm-hmm. um, and he was there for a couple of years and I learned so much off him and he spoke to me a lot about the mental side of the game and um, a lot of things to do with mentors and learning off other people 
Um, and then also things like meditation and yoga and things that have helped him helped him throughout his career um, with the mental side of the game. Mm-hmm. So on that note, um, what um, what helps you stay focused? Are there ever times where you lack motivation now? And if you do, what sort of things do you do to make sure that doesn't happen too often or to bring you back to a bit of focus? Yeah, I think during um, the last sort of six and seven weeks, I've had a massive um, wave of emotions, I suppose, and um, lack of motivation or, um, yeah, no desire really to, to train with any purpose. Um, mm-hmm. I've sort of fluctuated a fair bit. So it's um, about recognising that and trying to pull yourself um, out of that sort of slump, I guess, as quick as you can and get back um, on the right track. Um, so for me, it's, it's all it's all in your head really and I think it's just putting yourself in a really good headspace to try and tell myself um, all sorts of different things to, to try and get motivated. Um, I think at the moment a lot of it is if I'm feeling that way, I'll just say you're getting paid to go for a run, so go and do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. which certainly helps um, as well as doing um, a little bit of visualisation, um, sort of keeping my mind ticking over with footy. I've been watching a fair bit of um, like last year and um, games where I played well to sort of get motivated to, to try and keep it improving. Um, just try and find a lot of little things as well and quite often as well I think what would what would guys like um, Dangerfield, Fife, um, Cripps, Bonds and Pelly, what are they doing at the moment? Would they be sitting on the couch and not going for a run? So um, mm-hmm. just trying to find little little things that make you tick. Um, I suppose mm-hmm. for me, I want to be considered in that top echelon of, of players, um, if not the best player in the competition by the next couple of years. So for me, that's mm-hmm. pretty motivating as well to um, keep mm-hmm. driving. And although at the moment there's no footy on it, it'll come back. Um, so... I want to be make sure that I'm ready when it does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, on that note, it obviously takes a lot of self awareness to um, to know where you want to go, um, you know, and why you want to do it, and just how that's going to happen. What do you say about self awareness? How important is it for um, not just a footy player, but anyone to have good self awareness? Um, in your from your perspective yeah it is important I think um, a lot of especially in athletes and it probably happens in a lot of other workplaces as well but um, you've got to set sort of achievable and realistic goals um, at the start I think for me it was just getting getting my first game and you look around and see guys like Matthew Pavlich uh, Michael Johnson Luke McFarlane all these gun players around you and you think oh I'd love to get to that level but you're clearly not at their level just yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for me, I was I was probably a little bit too ambitious early on um, and thought that I was going better than what I was. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, Brett Kirk came to the footy club and really helped me with that self-awareness piece and um, mm-hmm. sort of, put me back in my box a little bit, I, I guess you could say. Um, basically said, you're not as good as, as what you think you are at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And that was probably a bit of a turning point for me. I think I became a much harder trainer, 
Um, mm-hmm. As I said before, my mental um, side of the game went went through the roof after that. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Learned to deal with, I suppose, the lifestyle and the pressures and stuff of the game a lot better. And um, from there, I just began to set um, really, I suppose, high goals, but things that could definitely be achieved. So, for instance, mm-hmm. I reckon it was 2014 at the end of that year, sort of set a goal that I wanted to be an All-Australian. Um, so for me, that was um, realising where I was at in my career. I probably wasn't an all, at an All-Australian level yet, but um, it was certainly achievable if I did um, all the things that I'd spoken about doing. And um, I didn't actually make the team until last year, but um, I think I'd been in the squad three years, um, three out of the four years before last year. So 15, 16 and 18 made the squad of 40. Um, and I think mm-hmm. I set that goal in 2014. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it can take a little while. But for me, that was always something that I wanted to do. Um, and, of course, you want to play within the team structure and whatnot as well. But um, once you get to a certain point in the game as well, you need those little things to keep you motivated and keep you going. Um, so once I'd sort of made the squad, obviously wanted to make the team, um, had little goals, uh, about best and fairest positions as well. Um, I think those things really help you in the off-season and pre-season when it's a little bit more about yourself rather than the team. And then once games come around, you know you're in a really good spot to to perform your role for the team, um, do what it takes um, to play to play well week in, week out. Um, so that was sort of just getting my mind um, going through the off-season, mm-hmm. pre-season, thinking about those individual goals. Um, mm-hmm. And then once games start coming around, obviously it's more team-focused, but you know that you've set yourself up for a really good year to help the team. So, um, mm. If you took it back to setting those goals, do you, um, do you write them down? Do you have a vision board or are they just goals set in your mind and once your mind's set, you, you, know, you just work toward them? What would you recommend um, no I've got it I've got it written down and it's um, I've got a sticky note on my mirror in our mm-hmm. bathroom upstairs so um, I see it every day um, I've got my what does that say <laughs> I'm not going to go into it <laughs> um, okay they're pretty enough. ambitious so um, I won't won't mention I can mention a couple but it's yep. it's sort no, of got things enough. written up there as well so for me it's at the moment I'm a one-time all-australian and a three-time Best and fairest player. It's got written up there: four time mm-hmm. best and fairest, two time All Australian. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and a couple other little things. So, um, mm-hmm. it's almost just putting the end result on my mirror, um, to mm-hmm. remind me every day that I wake when I wake up. That's what you want to do by the end of twenty twenty. Um, mm-hmm. hopefully the season finishes by the end of twenty twenty. But, <laughs> we'll, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think, yeah, so then next year I'll do the same sort of thing but 2021 um, and hopefully it's Mm -hmm. three-time All-Australian and five-time BNF that I'm going for. So, um, Mm. yeah, it's just little things like that that um, keeps me motivated. Yeah, and, I mean, you say little things like that and um, the fact is that you're doing those little things um, as in putting those affirmations up or those um, sticky notes up but... To some people, that is um, can seem silly, or or um, like, why would I do that? 
but we're talking about the fact that you've got those up there and there's evidence so far to prove that they're working pretty well for you, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And I think if um, when I got drafted, if I had to put up on a sticky note, um, three-time BNF player and an All-Australian, you'd probably think like someone would come up to me and say, mate, maybe like, put those down a little bit. Um, that's a pretty mm-hmm. high yeah. target. So um, I certainly wasn't thinking like that early on. Mm-hmm. Um it took me a little while to um, even really believe that I belonged at AFL level. Took two, two or three years. Um, mm-hmm. What was that like when you say it took um, two or three years to or feel that you belonged at that level? What What was going through your mind when you when you didn't believe that? Um, probably just a fear of getting dropped. I probably got dropped maybe three or four times in the first couple of years. So. When mm-hmm. I was playing, all I was thinking about was just do enough to keep your spot. Basically, I wasn't, I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mindset these days, when I go into games, is so much different to to what it used to be. You sort of think, oh, geez, I was pretty low on confidence, but I wasn't really. I reckon most players would do that mm-hmm. when you're a young player, unless you're sort of a top top five, top ten draft pick and come out and perform straight away. Um, most players in the mm-hmm. AFL, when you're sort of on the edge, would be thinking, oh, I just want to get a game next week. Or uh, It's really hard mm-hmm. to break out of that. But I think once you string a couple of performances together, um, you start to believe. And um, confidence, I, I think, is a, is a big thing. And I think you can control that in a way, though, as well. Even if you're not playing well on weekends, if you're putting in the work on the track and improving um, outside of game day, you can really build confidence from that, even though it might not be translating mm-hmm. um, straight away. It can take a couple of months, but um, once you get that confidence that you belong, my mindset's changed so much. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of different things now than what I used to heading into games. Um, some people might perceive it as arrogant, um, but my mindset... Um, is sort of build off confidence and action as well. I know that I've done the work, so um, I believe that I can perform at a certain level. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, there wouldn't be um, an elite player out there that didn't have confidence. I mean, we all need it, don't we, to get to the next level of anything, um, let alone playing at that standard. What What would you say about that? Yeah, certainly, and I think... Um, uh, I've seen a lot of talented players um, in AFL, in football, that um, don't quite make it. That like, There's so many more talented players than me out there that probably didn't play as many AFL games as what I have. So, um, And a lot of that can be um, confidence or work ethic or there's a lot of different factors, but um, it's, I reckon, 90% in your head as well. So... Um, once you mm-hmm. get to that level, mm-hmm. once you're on an AFL list, everyone's a pretty good player, but it's about um, the mental side of it that separates the best from the rest, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, on, yeah, the mental side of it, and we touched very briefly on meditation before. I know that in the past, and, and again, tell me if I'm wrong, that you may have been misquoted in the media where they said you were meditating on a beach every day. <laughs> And you and I think I remember you telling me um, in Perth that you didn't meditate on a beach every day, but what you do do every day is visualize um, 
for five minutes roughly is that is that still something you do or, or is that even right yeah what yeah saying? um i probably visualize um two times a week but um okay uh, five yeah. minutes meditation certainly um okay i feel even if it's just first thing in the morning when you um wake up um just put yourself mm-hmm. in a really good space um to start the day well um so i started when i first started it was probably one or two minutes a day I reckon and then um, you build from there like I know um, Kirky Brett Kirky probably does two hours at least an hour a day Um, Mm -hmm. that might be in two settings or he'll do um, an hour in the morning an hour in the afternoon or something so um, I'm still sort of building um, and finding my way through that as well I think at the moment um, the longest I can do is probably about 40 minutes in a pod um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, in a in do you mean in a pod as in yeah, a float, in a float tank, tank or yeah, yeah. okay um so yeah. i find that's mm-hmm. my sort of safe space and where i can get the most most out of it so um i try and do that once mm-hmm. a week um mm-hmm. but yeah it's sort of five to ten minutes um every day mm-hmm. what tell me what's the difference for you um in a in a float tank or in a pod um, as opposed to, say, for example, lying out in the sun on the grass or sitting in a comfortable chair, what what makes it so much easier in the pod? Um, I think you sort of, for me, mentally, I know that I'm shut off from the world and no one, no one in mm-hmm. the world has access to me for an hour. Um, mm-hmm. It's just me um, and myself in, in the pod. Um, there's nothing really in there to distract you. Um, even mm-hmm. if you're sitting in a chair at home, sometimes um, builders next door might be making noise or um, jackhammering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's also <laughs> part of it as well. I think that's a, that's part of the challenge when you're in that state. If you can block those outside distractions out, um, mm-hmm. you know you're getting somewhere with it as well. So um, I feel mm-hmm. like I can do that pretty well now. But it, it took me a long time, and you realise that your brain sort of needs training it's like a muscle like anything else it takes time to mm-hmm. build up um, that resilience you can't just go and meditate for an hour straight off the bat so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've been I've been using that tool since um, Kirky came to the club so yeah it's probably six years mm-hmm. and I'm still nowhere near the level that um, probably that I want to be or, or that um, a lot of other people are as well it takes a long time but um, in saying that, would you, I know you said that he was a huge influence on you. Do you think that that tool in particular has been one of the biggest um, tools that have helped you since then? Is that Could that have been a game changer, do you think, yeah, at all? Yeah, no doubt about it. Mm, um, mm. There's a direct correlation. I know as you get older um, as well, you probably get better in terms of um, footy, but um, certainly saw a massive spike in, in my performance once I started taking it up and um, I think mental mm-hmm. visualisation as well. So I um, will go through different scenarios of what will happen in a game in my head and play it out through the eyes of myself, mm-hmm. um, which took some time as well. I think when I first started, a lot of my visualisation was looking at it from basically like a camera point of view. So like, a, like I was watching... Mm-hmm myself um now I can do it through the eyes of myself it's a big difference but even Mm -hmm. at the start it certainly helped um visualization even watching sort of through that broadcast view but um I've been able to 
shift that and actually it's like I'm actually in it. Um, so you're almost getting mm-hmm. training done um, without, without actually spending any energy. Um, it's pretty awesome. Um, it, for someone that hasn't done it, it's probably a bit strange at the start or even strange to hear mm-hmm. about, but it's literally like doing another 15, 20 minutes of, of training on the track because I'm going through different scenarios and seeing um, opposition players, um, movement, seeing space, uh, seeing options, meter handball too, things like that, um, tackle technique, mm-hmm. um, yeah, all sorts of different things that I can now visualise and um, put into practice in my brain um, and speaking to psychologists and stuff. That, um, so the evidence is um, pretty crisp, mm-hmm. crystal clear Very that clear. Um, it's like doing mm-hmm. another 15 minutes of training. So, yeah, I think it's a massive weapon mm. if you can um, add, it, add it to your arsenal for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's excellent. And I think that this is all the stuff that country football players, um, I mean, there'd definitely be um, a certain amount that would that would do it. Um, and not just footy players, but in general, people um, in life, um, they probably don't realise that there is the, not only the evidence to prove scientifically now, but um, just the fact that, as you said, you don't have to do as much hard work because you can just sit there and, and see it. Um, is there a difference between thinking or thinking about it as opposed to seeing it, if that makes sense? So if you were just to think about the game in your head but to, to actually visualise it, do you, what do you think yeah, about that? Yeah, it's a big difference. Um, I find if I think too much about the game, I become a little bit more anxious, I suppose. I'm, I'm a pretty relaxed mm-hmm. um, athlete when it comes to um, game day and whatnot. But if I think about the game and... Um, things that are productive, I suppose. I probably feel a little bit more anxious than um, just going through more of a process and deliberate practice with the um, imagery mm-hmm. um, certainly helps. I think um, you can think about the game and it's natural to do that, but um, you probably want to shift that energy to make it productive rather than just thinking about, oh, I hope we win today or I hope I play well sort of like, okay, how am I mm-hmm. going to play well? What am I going to do to play well? Rather than mm-hmm. rather than just hoping, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, uh, yoga or stretching, What? how much does that, how much is um, that a part of your life? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty big. Um, early on, I didn't think mm-hmm. too much about it. I thought my body was pretty, pretty sound, but as you get a little bit older, um, I'm getting a little bit sore and whatnot. So it's a massive part of my routine and um, something that I do um, basically every day. Um, mm-hmm. Is that stretching or yoga? Uh, or a bit, bit of both. both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. gone through um, periods where I do sort of yoga classes and stuff, but um, I feel like I've built up a bit of a knowledge about um, what I should and shouldn't be doing now that I probably don't need that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I can sort of do a lot of the stuff by myself. So, um, but certainly when I was at Frio, um, did a lot of yoga. It was part of the program actually there. So that was, that was handy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've certainly taken those skills and been able to use them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's really, um, all of this comes back to personal responsibility, doesn't it? Because in a team, 
every single individual player has to take responsibility for themselves, their life, um, what they eat, what they, you know, um, whether they visualise, whether they don't, all of that. Um, tell me what qualities in a leader do you believe is needed in a leader, whether that be in footy or in life? Um, yeah, I think self sort of motivation and um, really self-driven person is really important and I think you find the most successful people have that quality and don't rely on other people to sort of push them to, to train hard, work hard, um, whatever it might be, whatever field, the people that take it on themselves and, and want to improve and get better and do the little things better than anyone else. Um, as I said before, when you're um, in in the AFL, it's sort of the top one, two percent of footy players in the country. It's the little things that certainly separate mm-hmm. the best from the rest. You obviously have some guys that are just super talented as well and but those guys still work extremely hard to get to the top of the game. So um, that's certainly a massive part of it. I think um, leading by example in front of other people as well um, is one of the biggest mm-hmm. traits. Um, always feel like the, the saying actions speak louder than words is a, um, it's such a good saying. It's um, really mm-hmm. prevalent. Um, I think, our captain, Dane Zorko, um, I don't even really listen to much of what he says. I just follow his lead on the training track. He's um, mm-hmm. trained super hard, mm-hmm. does all the right things on mm-hmm. and off the field. And um, I think they make really good leaders, the guys that you can just look at and watch um, and learn off of mm-hmm. rather than them telling you what they do and how they do it. You actually see them in action. Mm-hmm. So um, that's certainly mm-hmm. a big one. Um I think in in footy terms as well, there's guys that um, have a real presence about them and you can't really put your finger on what it is. Um, Matthew Pavlich was certainly Mm -hmm. one of them. Um, Just sort of being around him, you felt like you walked taller and um, I don't don't really know what it is, but um, certainly made him a good leader as well. He just had a presence about him and I think that was through, uh, if I was to try and put my finger on it, it it's probably confidence. Mm-hmm. He didn't really let many things phase him, and um, he was confident in um, the way he played and and led, um, and you never doubted him for a second. So um, it's probably it probably is confidence mm-hmm. when I think about it. But they have a sort of aura about them as well that um, yeah really motivates you too. So um, they're probably just mm-hmm. a few things. Mm. What about connection? Do you think that that's important? So do you? Um, can you be led by someone in a very inspirational way and not necessarily feel connected to them? Or do you think you really might, you need to feel connected in order to, um, yeah, to want to be yeah, led by someone? Yeah, I think connection is pretty important. And um, that's one thing that we're massive on at, at Brisbane is relationships and relationship building. Um, something I know before I got here that since Fags was at the club, um, they put a massive emphasis on that. So, their relationship building um, from sort of 2016, I think might have been his first year or 17, um, 17, I think it was. Um, They're a pretty broken club. And now if you came into the club, whether we win or lose, um, the vibe's up, the relationships are awesome. It's like one big family and that sort of extends to the partners, the staff upstairs, everyone. So um, it's a massive mm-hmm. part of it. 
Um, I think times have probably changed a little bit. You probably didn't need it as much back in the day. Um, but I think um, you'll find now with the generation that we have playing footy at the moment um, and probably in life in general, um, they sort of need and crave that relationship building and um, being able to relate to someone. So um, it's a big part of it now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you think that has a bit to do with um, the fact that we've got more access to social media and whatever it might be, Snapchat, et cetera, um, as opposed to back in the day where we just literally had the old yeah. phone and, um, you know, or catching up with friends around the table, having a drink or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, I think what it would have played a massive part in it, in it the, um, the social media side mm-hmm. of things. But um, probably as well, it's a credit to um, male and females being able to open up a little bit more about their feelings and um, things that might not make them feel as mm-hmm. good as um, I reckon – um, in the 80s, 70s and 80s and whatnot, probably even the 90s, early 2000s guys would just bottle up their emotions and um, mm-hmm. how they were feeling, whether they... I feel like with athletes as well, um, some guys might like that, might like getting a spray, uh, might motivate them. Other guys would hate it and it would make them perform worse. Um, so mm-hmm. just speaking from mm-hmm. uh, an athlete's point of view, there's um, so many different personalities in a change room and I'm sure that hasn't changed for... 50 years so although one style might work for for one person it certainly doesn't mean it works for everyone so um, being able to Mm -hmm. identify that and tailor um, your relationship um, with that person to get the best out of them is really important Um, I know at Freo Ross used to give me a fair few sprays and I actually enjoyed it Um, I liked it It, Mm -hmm. it certainly pissed me off but um, I was able to channel that into performing mm-hmm. better. So, um, whereas there was mm-hmm. certainly other guys when that happened, they went into their shell and didn't perform anywhere near their best. They were mm-hmm. um, sort of affected by that. So, um, yeah, it's different mm-hmm. for everyone. But And was it also uh, the, you know, you had a certain connection, um, whereas others might not have, so therefore you were fine with the spray as opposed to someone else giving you a spray, maybe that you didn't respect or whatever it might be, do you think that? Yeah, you need to build a relationship first before you're able to mm-hmm, give that mm-hmm. direct feedback. Um, even now, I know guys mm-hmm. that I work with in the midfield or up forward. Um, when I play, I know some guys that I can go a bit harder at. Um, I certainly have a bit of aggression in, in my tone when I'm playing. I get that bit of white line mm-hmm. fever, I suppose, but um, it's all the players that I um, deal with, well, I feel like everyone on our list would know that I'm coming from a good place. I'm pretty competitive. I want to mm-hmm. win um, mm-hmm. and I want to see guys succeed and myself succeed. So, um, yeah. but I certainly mm-hmm. day one didn't walk in and to Brisbane and start um, going off my head straight away. So you've got to build, build those connections and those yeah. relationships first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is a, topic that um yeah I don't know how you'll feel about this but you can just um take it or leave it um a couple of years ago you lost a a beautiful lifelong mate um in Damon Stokey and I know that you took it pretty hard at the time tell me how you did manage to get through that grief and um um you know what what would you recommend to others going through really tough times like that um 
I think for me, I'd probably the only other time I dealt with um, loss was probably um, in year what year was I in? Maybe eleven. I think I was year eleven at Saints, and one of the one of the kids um, who's a couple of years older than me, he was um, he did year twelve again. Um, Jack Clemick, um, he got meningococcal and passed away, and I probably I was my emotions are really similar to what it was back then when um, we went through that stuff with Damon. So um, I get pretty emotional, pretty teary. Um, find it pretty hard to talk about at the start, and any any time that I did, um, mm-hmm. found myself getting really emotional and. Um, I think everyone goes about it in different ways and what got through um what got me through it was probably talking to people when I could although it took um mm-hmm. quite a long time to be able to talk about it fully um once I was able to I started to feel a little bit better about it I suppose and um felt better about it as well rather than bottling it up and um every time mm-hmm. I try and or every time I used to try and talk about it, would just start crying. Um, but once I was able to, mm-hmm. um, certainly felt a bit of weight lift off my chest. Um, even now, I still get a little bit emotional, but nothing like I, I couldn't even mm-hmm. talk about, couldn't even say Damon's name. So, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think whatever works for you, sometimes it takes a long time for people. Other times... People mm-hmm. grieve really quickly and are able to move forward. So there's certainly different levels and different paces mm-hmm. for everyone. But um, certainly talking to friends mm-hmm. and family helped me. Um, I know a lot of people speak to people outside of their friendship group to let their emotions out. So it might be seeing um, a psychologist or something as well or might be speaking to a coach, um, all sorts of different mm-hmm. things. But um, for me... Um, yeah, I was probably just talking to friends and family and um, even talking to Melissa a bit as well. I feel like that helped me. Um, mm-hmm. I knew how I was feeling, but my head always sort of went to the family and, and how they were feeling as well and um, mm-hmm. trying to check up on them a little bit as well certainly helped me. Um, I feel like trying to help other people mm-hmm. can help you um, get through it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have very special memories of you and Damon uh, as teenage <laughs> mutant ninja turtles and Power Rangers. <laughs> so you boys came a long way from certainly that. a couple <laughs> of my favourite things when I was younger. So that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, no, I definitely remember the high <laughs> kicks for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you certainly value. I know you value family and friends very, very much, and. Um, I know you know where you came from and that's, again, why um, you have remained grounded for in the way you have. So um, this is another uh, question that, you know, again, take it or leave it. Um, the bigger picture, um, do you believe there's something bigger than us? Do you have faith? And I don't necessarily mean religion, but um, do you have faith in general? What do you what do you? Yeah, it's a funny that? one. I feel like um, I've probably gone through waves with that as well. I'm not really sure and I probably never will be. Um, but mm-hmm. you probably, mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's put on this planet for a reason. Um, 
what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably for everyone to figure out themselves. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad in the world as well. So that sort of tests your faith, I suppose, whatever that might be. But um, I'm certainly not religious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough question because I've, I've certainly mm-hmm. um, sat in bed before and, and prayed, but I don't really know who I'm praying to. So... Um, yeah 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 well I've I've said in I've said in my doubt in my um difficult times I'll pray to anyone and um anyone yeah yeah exactly yeah and I think it's and each probably, to their own I think about it when I have prayed I say God but I don't even know who that who I'm talking to so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. I, I believe we're put on this planet for a reason um to serve a purpose mm-hmm. and um to make the world tick on and um yeah it's about how you want to harness that and what you want to do with it but um for me mine's a little bit about entertaining people um with with my platform at the moment but I know that that's short-lived as well so um I'm just trying to be the best person best version of myself and um as I said before I'm probably leaning towards going into coaching and staying involved with footy post footy um mm-hmm. so for me it, I feel like after I finish playing it'll be about um opening up a little bit more about my experiences through footy and um being able to help the next wave of um, footballers coming through um I was lucky enough to get a lot of help from a lot of great great people and great players great coaches so to be able to pass on my wisdom will be something that I feel like is, is next um, for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That sounds, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that like, you would have those um, aspirations. Um, and so what, what is next for you short term as far as um, in the next days in the lead up to hopefully um, something happening more with the season um, going well? Yeah, so for me, I'll probably ramp up my training a little bit more than what I have been. Um, as I said before, it's probably a month to sort of six, seven weeks before we start playing. So throughout this break, um, mm-hmm. I've been just sort of ticking it over and not exerting too much um, energy. That's probably more um, my mental state. I know some of the younger boys at the club have been training super hard um, and doing an exceptional job at staying fit and they're looking in really good nick. Um, for mm-hmm. me, I probably felt it was a time um, to sort of get a break mentally, still physically do do some work and mm-hmm. do the program, but probably not as intensely as what other guys have been doing it. So um, I just felt that was the right thing for me to do. Um, some of the fitness guys at the mm-hmm. club probably don't agree, but um, <laughs> that was sort of my philosophy heading into <laughs> this period. Um, yeah. so mm-hmm. I'll start to crank it up now. Um, I suppose you could call it going into a bit of a, a bit of beast mode, trying to, um, run a bit harder, lift a bit heavier, start getting to work a bit more, um, mm-hmm. so that I'm ready for when the season comes around. I feel like I'm in a great headspace now to really attack, um, the next six months. So, mm-hmm. um, even when it first happened, I sort of knew that that was the approach that I was going to take, um. And it's um, probably a luxury for me, I suppose, as guys at the footy club that don't really have that um, luxury. They can't afford to 
um, probably take a bit more of a break than what I did. So um, certainly owe it to those guys to, to push pretty hard over the next few weeks to make sure I'm in really good condition to, to perform. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, on that last um, little, you know, with everything you've said, wrapping it all up, what wisdom or advice would you give to, I don't know, a guy sitting in his tractor or um, on his header or maybe a young kid with aspirations to, to you know, live out the dream on anything? What what advice or wisdom um, do you have for them? Well, sort of, obviously, I get asked um, this quite a bit, sort of what advice do you have for young people mm-hmm. or someone wanting mm-hmm. to play AFL, things like that. But um, mm-hmm. you, there's always the... Yeah, I think what about in life? Lead more, in lean more life. towards that. I think um, something mm-hmm. that I would give myself advice when I first moved away from home is make sure you keep the people that care about you and love you as close as possible. Um, we're not on the planet for, for very long. Um, you've probably got five, probably I reckon five to ten people that truly um, are truly close to you and that's a few friends and um, and family um, and it's about mm-hmm. giving them the time and energy and, and love that they deserve, I think. Um, something that mm-hmm. when I was younger I probably didn't put too much time and energy into. So certainly feel like over the last few years, as I mentioned earlier, that um, I've been able to do that a lot better. Um, I want to get even better at it as well. It's something that um, I need to work on every day. So um, that's probably my main advice is keep, the people that care about you and love you um, as close as possible. We, when we're teenagers as well, we have a tendency to push them away. Um, mm. and I think as well, enjoy the little moments in life. Um, we tend to skip over a lot of things that happen um, really quickly. Um, but I think over the last couple of years, I've been able to sit back and take in small things that give me joy, whereas previously I wouldn't give them two thoughts. So, for example, just going to the park today with Jules and, and our dog, Harley. Um, I took sort of 10 seconds mm-hmm. just to appreciate um, those little things in life that bring you joy. So um, certainly something that I didn't do when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, mum's birthday tomorrow, have you organised her anything? <laughs> um, or? I have, but um, it's a bit <laughs> hard at the moment trying to sort something yeah. but um i've got something that i'll i'll call her tomorrow and fill, yeah. fill her in on mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm sure she'll just love <laughs> that's to what she says voice. but i know she needs a present as well <laughs> oh. <laughs> well um you can tell her that folks are just <laughs> yeah. pretty slow at the moment exactly <laughs> um no thank you so much for giving up your time um i know you even though you've said you've sort of slowed down a bit i'm sure you've still got a lot to to get through um yeah so thank you i'm sure that it will be very helpful to no worries whoever needs to hear it um yeah and your birthday in a few days so happy birthday for i think it's um, Sunday. i don't it? even know what day it's on the i think it's on the weekend uh, yeah. ours are all around the same time but yeah so happy birthday for then and yeah take Will care do. and give our love um, to jules thanks for having me on it's been a pleasure no. Yeah, thank you. It's Absolutely. nice to catch up. We should do it more often. <laughs> All good. <laughs> no, thank Thanks, you Mandy. very much, Lot.
Thanks so much for listening to In the Head of a Country Bloke. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more unique episodes, please follow or subscribe on your choice of platform. For any information on my coaching services, please feel free to privately message me on either Instagram or Facebook or email me at mandy at mandykernocoach.com and I look forward to chatting to you soon.